Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The People's Show. It is Josh Elliott Wolf with Dominic Schramatti. No Big Nazar today. He is back on Canuck Central with Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah, taking a, a maintenance day, load management, as we call it. Does a lot of Canucks games, so uh, getting a well-deserved day off today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. You can also text in 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Uh, we do have some breaking news to start the show. Not Canucks related, not hockey related. Comes from the NFL. The first overall pick has been traded by the Chicago Bears to the Carolina Panthers for pick number nine in the draft, pick number 61 in the draft, a first round pick in 2024, a second rounder in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Blockbuster. What Big a doozy. deal. Yeah, it's a lot. What do what are your thoughts on uh on so Carolina's getting their guy, obviously, in Bryce Young. We assume it's Bryce Young. We assume it's Bryce Young. We don't um, know yet. We don't know. Honestly, but, my first reaction to this was, wow, this is great for the for the Bears. Yeah, you were hyping up the Bears a lot yeah. in the in the I think room. you you think this is a, a hot take, and so does producer Elon. I think this thrusts them into the top three of the NFC. That's, if they play this correctly, and I think they will, the Bears should be NFC contenders for the next ten years. For the, I feel like that's way too premature. Look how many I'm assets even, they just netted, and DJ Moore. That's a lot of assets. I agree. I think DJ Moore is going to fit very and well. And a top nine pick. But I just, I'm not 100 percent sold on Justin Fields yet. And as far as well, top, you should be. Yeah. Well, I think he's good, but I don't. I don't know if he's carry a team good yet not that he has to carry the team i just don't know if he's that guy yet and as far as but top he, three he can, he'll become that guy sure but top three in the nfc you're saying next season like this upcoming season i'm saying from the start or from the end of like this next season to for the next 10 years they are top three you're really but, riding fields they're hot yeah not just fields but like fields dj moore that defense this is going to be a good team for a long time. This I feel team, like this team just turned the corner. And Chase Claypool. Okay, yeah, it's Chase Claypool. Um, I just feel like we've we've done this hype with a lot of teams in the past and a lot of young quarterbacks, and it doesn't necessarily work out. So let's let's go through the NFC right now. Eagles better. Eagles Cowboys, better. better. Vikings not better. Niners better. Niners are again. Better. Overall, maybe, but wh- how I, do we know? Seahawks? Their quarterback, there's so many questions around their quarterback position. We don't know how good the Niners are going to be this year. We don't know. Justin Fields is good, but you're banking on a three-win team last season just jumping the rankings like that. Yes, I am. So I'm calling it right now. That they're going to be third in the NFC. So I think they're going to be a top season. three team in the NFC. Next season. Next season. Clip it. I they're, don't they're not better than the Lions. I think they are better than the Lions. I agree with Elon. I don't think the, I the don't Lions think are the underrated. Are Goff is going to regress. I don't think he is. I think he if is. they have a, a similar O line, which they should, 
I think Goff is still going to be more than adequate. The Vikings were a fugazi this year. Jamison Williams might play a full season this yeah. year. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. It's a lot of maybes. DJ boys. Chark. DJ Chark. And they'll probably add they, – they have two first-rounders, I believe. Two first-rounders, two second-rounders as well. So, I don't know. I think the Lions are set up in a very similar spot but are farther ahead. Just missing the quarterback – Long term, but oh, I still yeah. think Goff is just that little thing. But I still Plus think Goff is position sports. Yeah, but he's shown that he's more than adequate he's in fine. Detroit. He's fine. He's well, yeah, but they'd only need him to be fine because the team around him is so good. Fields has the potential to be elite. Sure, he has the potential to, but he's not there yet. So let's And I'm saying this year he he's gonna turn into that. Okay. So as far as NFC teams I would have over the Bears, Eagles, Cowboys. I would have the Niners above them. And the Vikings. I would not have the Vikings above them. Wow. Yeah, well, just the Vikings are releasing players. They're I don't know I don't know if they're going into a full rebuild, but I just think next year is not going to be a a step forward necessarily. You also you also think Geno Smith is gonna be really good? I think Geno Smith oh, we'll get into this later. We're gonna have a debate about quarterbacks. Now that there's there's some more Aaron Rodgers news as well. He hasn't been traded yet or anything, but we'll get the into owner that spoke. later. The owner did speak. Uh, Seahawks, I would say, are in the same tier as the Bears now. Um, Vikings, I don't think, are better. Lions, I think, are better. And then no team in the NFC South, I think, is better than the Bears. So how many teams did I name? Lions, Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. And then Seahawks in the same tier. So I would say top five, top six. Top five, top six for the Bears, which is really good. You just won three games last season. That's great. You're going to make the playoffs. But this trade does not make them a top three team. But I, I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't. I'm not sold on them being that good yet. Uh, we get some text. 650, 650. Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, this one. One chip challenge that take. Uh, I'm not stupid. <laughs> Niners' defense is far and above the Bears. Same with the Eagles. Oh, you know what we could do? The lasagna bet? Yeah, you want to? So, what, like, we should take it, this. Josh. What's the over under three what and size? a half? Three, three and a half, what? That's the positioning over oh. under three and a half. So they finish third or higher, or fourth or yeah, lower? Yeah, I'll take the under, you take the over. I think that's the easiest bet I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. So, is it just even? No, even odds? no, because I'm taking the bigger risk here, clearly. Mm. Okay, My so, take is the hotter one. So what? So am, if I lose, clip this, Elon. If I lose, I have to eat a large portion of lasagna. Not family size, but mm-hmm. like a large portion that we will both agree on. I will eat a large portion of lasagna. Okay. If you lose, you have to eat that family size portion that you were so hell bent on eating. In the I, I wouldn't say hell bent. Confident that, that I wouldn't that have out there. to confident that i wouldn't have to okay you accept so elon i'm getting a little nervous and (laughs) and the the reason i'm getting nervous is i'm looking at their schedule so they play the lions twice packers twice vikings twice obviously um they play the falcons the panthers the broncos the raiders their schedule is weak cardinals like i just I wouldn't be surprised if they just won a bunch of, oh, I guess the Chiefs, Chargers, the, the AFC West is mixed in there as well. Um, I'm still going to take it, though. They're not going to finish top three. 
So you're taking the bet? I will. I'll put a family size lasagna on the line. That's Go a team. shake. We shook on it. I, I just can't see them getting there next year. All right, year. that's uh, that's a bet. By the way, what is Carolina doing? My gosh. So the part that confused me about the trade was DJ I, Moore. Yeah, because you're trading up for this quarterback that you you, if you're trading this many picks to get a quarterback, you think he's your guy. What now? You have no receipt. Who's he throwing to now? Someone else you draft with the with know. the picks you traded? Like I I don't I don't get it. I that understand. Part of it. I get the picks. I don't get the DJ. Moore I understand from a team building perspective, you have to start with your quarterback. You have to. Mm-hmm. You need. You got to get that right before anything else. I I would argue you could focus on the O line and then get your quarterback because I think a lot of teams do the quarterback. They probably first. feel like they have a good O line. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. But, like, he's going to need supporting pieces, and they have none. Uh, we get some texts about the lasagna as well. 650, 650. Why is this, why is this a bet? It's the lamest bet I've ever heard. How have is you it? seen the size of Josh Elliott Wolf? He's yeah. not a large human. So that, he can't eat a thing. lot of food. It, it's more about the scale of the lasagna. It, it was never about the taste of it. Yeah. It was about the scale of, like, you have to eat it in one sitting. Yeah. And that's the difficult part. And then the more you put on the line, like one regular size of lasagna is already like, whoa, that's that's a lot to eat in one sitting. Pasta is filling. It is filling. Um, Remember the show Man vs. Food with Adam, Adam Richman? That's what we're talking about in terms of challenges here for Josh Elliott Wolf. <laughs> yeah. But then family size, obviously uh, another scale above it. Uh, so – that's an NFL draft trade. We are going to get into some NHL draft talk. Uh, Chris Peters is going to join us from Flow Hockey, uh, NF- NHL draft analyst and prospect analyst. Well, uh, let's welcome him in now, Chris Peters. Sorry, Dom, you got one thing? Chris, Before we uh, just before we get to the prospect talk, welcome to the show. How much lasagna can you eat in one sitting? Oh, wow. I, uh, that's really put me on the spot there. <laughs> um, I'd say... When motivated, like at least a quarter of the pan. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say. I, I mean, that's a, that's a lot, though. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, but now I'm kind of wanting some lasagna. So, thank you. I guess, thank you, Chris. Yeah, we can try. Maybe we'll experiment. Yeah, the reason this came up, I don't know if you were on the line, but we uh, we do a lasagna bet, or I guess I do. Where when we think something is unlikely, we put a we put a portion of lasagna large on the line. portion so for example when uh <laughs> when bull horvat got traded to the islanders a lot of canucks fans in the city were uh worried that the islanders would then flip Bo horvat for more than they got i said hey if that happens if they if the islanders trade horvat by the deadline i'll eat a family-sized portion of lasagna in one sitting uh obviously it didn't happen but that's where it started so that's where uh that's where that comes from chris but uh we appreciate you taking the time uh, senior content creator at Flow Hockey. Um, we wanted to get into this. So there's some news this morning, reports out of Vancouver here, that it seems things are trending in a positive direction when it comes to talks between Aiden McDonough and the Canucks. Um, if he did end up signing in Vancouver, what are, you, what are just your thoughts on the player and in his ultimate upside with the in Vancouver? Yeah, well, you know, I think he's certainly a player that, that should be prioritized to sign. And I think that, you know, the Canucks have a system that, that offers him, a, uh, you know, a place that, that where he's going to have opportunity, right? So 
we'll we'll get that part out out of the way first. But in terms of what he is as a as a prospect, I mean, this is a guy that you'd be getting tremendous value out of as a as a, as a late draft pick. As a guy that you know, I I think kind of came in under the the Judd bracket regime, and and as a guy that I know Judd was very familiar with. Um, and and you know they they kind of bet on him, and and he's delivered in every sense of the word. Um, you know, he's he's been one of the top goal scorers in college hockey over the last two seasons. He scores a lot of big goals as well, and then you know he's, he he comes with that size as well. Um, you know, I think that that that's a that's a huge key to his success is that he's able to you know play with some skill, but he's got the body to protect the puck and the ability to you know get into tight spaces and and play well down low. And that has been you know where his game has grown as, as he's grown. Um, you know, I, I think that he's probably more of a middle of the lineup player in the NHL. Um, you know, with a guy that that provides you some scoring depth and, and certainly size and, and some, some heaviness in the lineup. Um, not necessarily that he's, you know, an, an overly or overtly physical player, but, you know, just having a, a bigger body with, with his ability to get around the, the sheet is, is, is pretty good. So uh, you like players like that. Um, but, you know, I, again, I think it's more of a, a middle of the lineup as opposed to a top of the lineup player. And if you get that out of a late draft pick like him, you're ecstatic. And, and so, uh, there's no question that there's going to be interest outside of Vancouver and the, it all comes down to fit and, and the different things that a player wants. And, you know, we've certainly seen, you know, basically his patience has, is, has allowed him the opportunity to at least consider free agency. And when you're this close, it's, it's always tough to kind of get that last, you know, the ball over the line essentially um, at the end there. So, uh, while that's very positive news, uh, I think you know, you can't really necessarily breathe too easy until the, the ink is dry on the paper. For sure. And when it comes to McDonough as well, uh, you mentioned him maybe being a, a middle six forward in the future. I, I think a lot of Canucks fans lately have had some issue with maybe not this management as much, but previous management would tend to rush draft picks into the NHL and try to get them uh, playing games maybe earlier than they should. And uh, how much stewing in the AHL do you think someone like McDonough might need? And, and how long do you think it could take him to make the jump to being a consistent NHL player? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he's terribly far away because he's so physically developed. You know, I think it's just going to be coming down to timing and getting, you know, understanding that, you know, it, he's, he's not going to be able to push guys around as much. Not that you can in college all that much. Uh, but this wasn't as strong a season in in hockey East in terms of the quality of competition. So, um, you know, I think that for him, it's a, it's always going to be an adjustment. But you know, I, I could definitely see him, you know, starting in the AHL next year and pushing for for a recall, you know, even early to the, the middle of the season. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to be a full time NHLer until perhaps a year later. Um, but, you know, he, this is a guy that's taken a very slow and steady pace to his development. You know, he goes through the prep ranks and then comes through the, the USHL for a full season and then plays his four years of college. And, you know, I think that Northeastern didn't necessarily live up to the expectations so far this season. They still have an opportunity to make the national tournament, um, you know, still have a chance at the hockey's title. And they've had some big wins over the course of the season. Um, but I think that that was as big a motivating factor as anything, just the opportunity to compete at the NCAA level for, for, you know, a team that they probably felt could win a national title, especially with Devin Levi as their goaltender. Um, and I always thought that that was a bigger motivation for him returning than, than any attempt at free agency as well. So, 
you know, you have to respect the player that, that, that understands when he's ready. Um, and, and I don't think he felt he was ready and, and still had some unfinished business. And now, you know, he's, he's a much better and more developed, well-rounded player that doesn't have as long of a tail once he actually signs his contract. Uh, you recently wrote about some of the pending NCAA free agents and the, the ones that are getting a lot of attention here in Vancouver due to a positional need are Jake Livingston and Sam Malinsky. Uh, what type of impact do you see them having at the NHL level? You know, I think I think for both players, um, and they're certainly very interesting and, and very intriguing, that Livingston has the size factor. You know, he's, he's, he's bigger, he's stronger, um, you know, a little bit more uh, developed in terms of his overall game, whereas Malinsky's been a bit of a late bloomer, not as, you know, he's, he's, he's by sub-six-foot defenseman, but incredibly skilled. He's played exceptionally well for Cornell this season, which is a team that doesn't necessarily always have the most skilled players. Um, they're usually a bigger, heavier team, so he's kind of against type there, and he's been a real good player for them this season. Um, you know, in terms of NHL impact, though, I think both of them you're looking probably – at bottom pairing potential with, with the opportunity to maybe be power play guys or, you know, play in some, some special team scenarios. I think Livingston has a little bit more to him. They're both right shots. So, you know, you're excited about that, the potential of, of, you know, the, the scarcity of that at that position. And then also, um, you know, with, with Livingston, I think that the competition is going to be very, uh, very severe for his services. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a surefire NHL, no doubt, guy, um, as we've seen so often with these college free agents. So I think both of these guys, you're really looking at depth signing. Um, but I do think that both have shown, especially this season, um, that they ha- that there's NHL potential there. They're certainly worth a contract. That's probably going to be some AHL time involved. Um, but you know, both of them have have really matured in their game and and have have certainly made a great case for themselves to you know, get NHL contracts and get a real opportunity perhaps as early as the end of the season. Chris Peters of Flow Hockey, uh, Prospect Samuels, joining the People Show right now. Uh, Chris, David Reinbacher, uh, right shot D. Is he a top 10 prospect? Is this a guy the Canucks could possibly be looking at uh, wherever they fall in the draft? You know, I, I think he's certainly the defenseman, at least for me. Um, there's there's two that have a potential to crack the top ten. It's, it's him and it's Axel Sandin Pelica. Um, you know, and I, I think Reinbacher is is the more favorable in terms of projection of, of the the potential to be a top four defenseman. Um, they both have good offensive numbers. I think you know when you see Reinbacher play, um, you see a lot of of talent and and, and decision making and maturity and what he does despite his youth and his production this year is, is unprecedented for a player his age and his position in the Swiss League. So um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, it, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that he reminds me of Moritz Sider, but it reminds me of the same situation. We've really not seen a top-level defenseman in the German Elite League doing, and, and, and Sider didn't even really have the numbers that Reinbacher has had this season so far as, as a younger player. So um, it's the same kind of situation where, we're a little, you know, we hedge a little bit because there's not much precedent for what he's done. But if you do watch him, you see there's there's just great decision making. There's uh, decisiveness in, in in when he has the puck on his stick. There's decisiveness in when he's making those reads and, and and you know stepping up on a player, closing a gap. And you know he just seems to read the game especially well. So I do think that those are you know he's he's a guy that in particular has a has a real opportunity to be 
selected in that range. And then, you know, Sandy and Pelica don't sleep on him just because, you know, this is a guy that really came on over the course of this season um, and, you know, made the Swedish world junior team as an underager, despite never playing in the under 18 world. I'm not even sure that that's ever happened before. Um, and then he goes in and he becomes basically their number one defenseman used in all situations and, and quarterbacks, their top power play. And he's had good numbers this year. He's shown continued development. So, you know, there are a couple of really good defensemen that are, are kind of in that conversation. It's just going to be tough to pass up on some of the other forwards that are available in, in what we believe will be a very forward-heavy first round. David Reinbacher, uh, born in 2004, six foot two, 185. Do you think he's adult hockey ready? Like, could he project to the AHL or NHL in a couple of years? Yeah, you know, I think the fact that he's playing professionally and, and handling himself really well right now, I think that you would want to get him to the AHL uh, as soon as next season. You'd want to get him on North American ice. You'd want to put him in situations to succeed and, and give him an opportunity um, to continue to play against men and to continue to develop. And, you know, we saw at the, at the World Juniors this year, he was on a, a team that, you know, barely ever had the puck. But when they played in games that were competitive, you know, he was a dominant player. Um, so, you know, when you see that and you see uh, him kind of take over some of those games, like against Germany and some of the other teams, you know, the, that's really – where you start to see the value in, in a player like him and then also what he's done at the professional level. You just have to assume that there's there's a chance for him to, to kind of come over and follow a very similar development timeline like Mort Siders, although Siders was kind of made a little bit different because of the pandemic where he had to go back to Sweden. But it all worked out in the end. And I think the sooner you get, you know, Reinbacher on, into your system, you know, you kind of want to get your hands on him and just see what kind of development you can do with him in that first year. So I would anticipate the team that selects him assuming, uh, you know, contractual obligations and transfer agreements and everything else are what they are. He he'll have a really good opportunity to play in the AHL next season. Uh, so Chris, it looks like the Canucks will be picking somewhere between sixth and 10 at the, at the draft, barring a lottery win or a, or a really big collapse to end the season. And we've heard about this draft being deeper than most. Uh, do you see players in the range of like six to 10 being, better than they may have been in in previous years or is it more at the top end is where that depth is yeah i really i really think that a lot of the the narrative around this draft is 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 so tied to the top of it uh you know the 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 having four guys that you could see as potential franchise building blocks from the first four picks and, and transcendent potentially transcendent players you know certainly bedard i think mitchkov is in that category as well and Fantilli as well, you know, they're, they, there are guys that, that are just doing really remarkable things this season. And, you know, I think even Leo Carlson to a lesser extent is, is in that conversation as well. But once you get outside of that top four, there is a drop, but I would still say that you're still looking at very strong players. I really like the top 10, top 12 of this draft. I think it starts to look more like a normal first round um, after that. Although I think there's, certainly uh, a multitude of players that really intrigue you and, and, and give you a, you know, feel a, a good feeling about drafting early uh, this year. And I think in that six to 10 range in particular, there's such a variety of, of talent and different kinds of players that, you know, you, you, you have to feel pretty good about it, especially at the center position. I think there are a few guys that are centers that are more likely to project to the wing um, as, as professionals and, you know, but there are there are some guys in that range. Like you look at an Oliver Moore, and you're saying, "Hey, we, we're we're really hoping that we we can find 
you know, a number two center here. You know, that's a guy that I think projects very favorably to being a number two center as a guy, a matchups player, a two-way kind of guy, and he's also the fastest player in this draft. So, you know, that having having a, a player like that in that range, it makes you really excited about, you know, where what, what potential you have to, to land a player that's going to be an impact prospect, which is to say, you know, somebody that's going to be part of your top six, top four D, you know, there, that that's going to exist in that range. So it's just a matter of how the board shakes out before you and then you know ultimately where the ping pong balls will send you but there's there's a lot of value in the in the top 10 of this draft uh you mentioned the four guys at the top Connor Bedard Mitchkov uh, Fantilli and Carlson outside of Bedard who I think is is obviously the clear number one who do you think has the most upside in this draft because I I just wonder where someone like Mitchkov would go if the contract concerns weren't there is is that a guy that you think Contract concerns aside, he would be second in terms of upside, or or do you like one of the other guys a little more? Oh, I, I would absolutely have Mitchkov second. Um, if con- contract contract aside and and everything else, I, I I think he's one of the smartest hockey players that I've ever watched. Um, I think he's one of the most offensively gifted players that I've seen, and it, it's just his 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 understanding of goal scoring is different. Like you know, Connor Bedard has the physical tools and certainly the hockey sense to be an elite goal scorer at the NHL level, but I don't necessarily think I've ever seen a player that, that, that approaches goal scoring the same way that Matt Bay Mitchkov does. There are so many different ways he finds to get pucks to the net. And I'm not just talking about making Michigan moves, which he's done frequently, including this year in the KHL. Um, but, you know, he, he just has such a clear understanding of how to beat goaltenders. And, and I, I just don't think I've ever seen that, that kind of, um, awareness and vision and all of those things in a player like him. Now he's a, on the smaller side. He's not an elite skater. He's a good enough skater. Um, but I just think that, you know, to me, his hockey sense is such a separating factor from him and even Bedard to, you know, I think that Mitchkov's the smartest offensive player in this draft, even though Bedard is certainly, he has that combination of hockey sense and then the physical tools. I think he's got a better shot and, and, a, and a more variety of shooting options available to him from distance but I mean Mitchkov just finds so many different ways to beat you and he's so proficient at it that you know I think really if if you know if his if he wasn't in Russia there wasn't you know it's all of these ifs that are that are involved but you have to take that into consideration because risk assessment is such a a major part of the draft decision making process and let's face it there is just a ton of risk in that pick right now and and when you're picking that high in the draft that's that's not a position you necessarily want to be in. He is Chris Peters of Flow Hockey. Follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. I uh, appreciate you taking the time, Chris. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great to be with you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Joining us on the People Show, Josh Ellie Wolf and Dominic Shermati. Uh, really interesting stuff there. We did want to do this before the break as well. Uh, giving away KISS tickets. One pair of tickets per day. To it's the last day. It's the last day. So last chance to get the tickets to KISS End of the Road World Tour at Rogers Arena on November 8th. Tickets are on sale today. Today. 10 a.m. So if you, d- if you want free tickets, you might get them in a minute here. But if, if you don't get them and you still really want to go, go to Ticketmaster. You will be able to find them. Um, but caller 5 right now, 604 280 0650 gets one free pair of tickets to the Kiss End of the Road End of the Road World Tour. So call now 604 280 
888-900-0650. On the other side, we'll talk maybe a little more football and uh, the Oscars. They're this weekend. I want to get into that just because it's – Just threw me a curveball. Yeah, okay. I'm, th- I'm throwing curveballs. We'll, we'll maybe end the show with that. Uh, it is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Schmatty on Sportsnet 650. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The People Show. It is Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Schramatti, uh, filling in for Bic Nazar, who is going to be co-hosting with Dan Riccio on Canuck Central, coming up in about 25 minutes. Satyar Shah taking a maintenance day. Uh, not for trade-related reasons. We got a text about that earlier. No, the deadline's passed. It's past the, yeah, it's past the deadline. We can't move him. Even if we wanted to, the contract is uh, it's just immovable. It's too much. He's the JT Miller of Sportsnet 650. Yeah. Um, text in, 650, Just 650. more liked. Yeah. Well, JT's liked in the locker room. In the locker room. Yeah, Sat's liked in the locker room. We don't know about his uh, how Off people view dealings. him from from outside the uh, the I think office. He's pretty well liked. Uh six fifty six fifty Dunbar Lumber text line. You can text in a lot of texts about lasagna, and we before the before the break. Well, before Chris Peters, who uh, great hit by the way, download that on the podcast if you missed it. Um, we made a bet, a lasagna bet, which I've just. I fully committed to this is my this is my scale of likelihood now. Yeah. Um you said the Chicago Bears after they made a trade today, which if you missed it by the way, uh the Chicago Bears traded first overall, which happens often in the NFL, I would say. Well, more often more than, often than other yeah, sports. Yeah. Um to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth overall pick this year, the sixty first overall pick. Uh First rounder in 2024, a it's second a rounder. Yeah, second rounder in 2025. And, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Who's pretty good. Yes. And after all of that, you said the Bears will finish top, top three, three in the NFC. In the NFC this season. This season. And, and are so going to be dominant for the next 10 years. If that happens, I will eat a family-sized lasagna. If they finish outside the top three, what did you say? Like four I, servings? The way, the way I've positioned the tweet four single servings of lasagna which is about a quarter of the tray you will eat maybe a bit more yeah depends yeah. on it we it's like a, a good amount it's a large amount yes and for the people saying oh this isn't even a bet that's so weak i don't think people understand the sheer amount of food that josh has just put on the line <laughs> it's wild five pounds of anything yeah. is a I, lot honestly i didn't so i i went to uh uh, local grocery stores online ordering system just to see what the size of their family size frozen lasagna i mean it might not be frozen but it, it would be the same size as that 2.27 kilograms aka five pounds of lasagna and josh isn't a big fellow let me tell you no like that that's gonna add five pounds to me yeah it's gonna double my weight adam the former bath guy tweets and that sounds like a regular friday night at the old former bath guy's household <laughs> you know what adam if you eat that much, good on you. Yeah. Josh does not. Uh, the other text we got, though, is what's the punishment if you can't finish it? And We're coming up with something. Well, I was going to throw this by you. Oh. You're a runner. Yeah, I am. 
I used to run, don't run as much anymore. I should probably get back into it. But regardless, I would say whoever, like if you can't finish it and you're, you're super full, yeah, you have to go out and run five kilometers right away. Oh God. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're three or four. asking to vomit. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. There's no, there's no speed that you have to do it in. You just have to be like at a consistent jog. For how, how long? For well, how as many... long as it took you to get to the, <laughs> the food. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Time the food and yeah. then if you can't Or finish. just 5K or 4K 5K. or whatever. 5K is kind of a lot. Maybe like three and a half, four. Imagine trying to do 5K with like four and a half pounds worth of lasagna in your system. It's that's Well, that's your that's, punishment. That's or awful. you just finish it. Or you just finish. I, it would suck to get to like four pounds in though. And then I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And but I don't run. have to worry about it because the Bears are not going to be top three in the NFC. I can't wait for them to have a hot start. And then you just like text me like a nervous face emoji. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you some outs throughout the year. I'm going to be like, hey. Like you, I have to do a certain punishment yeah, just to get you, out of it. If you want to bail because they started, let's say, like 508 games in, which is still okay. Yeah. I'll give you some outs. There'll be some like deal or no deal. I'm I'll not give you, giving I'll you, give any you outs. less amounts. I am not giving you any outs. Fair enough. I won't need them because they're not gonna. They're not even gonna threaten top three. Well, we have a bet, don't we? We do. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, so <laughs> donkey the roofer, Josh, be careful eating a family sized lasagna. You might die. <laughs> it's kind of a concern. <laughs> I mean, like, how safe is it to eat five pounds of anything, regardless of size? Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. I don't think you're gonna finish the whole family sized um, lasagna. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to move on here. Okay. How say uh, so uh this is very JT Miller. No, not JT Miller. I was I was gonna look around the, the NFL still. Okay, Same division right. as the Bears. The Packers have been making news. Uh their owner today, do you have the exact quote? He yeah, was uh, just pull it up. I have it here. He was talking he was doing an interview. Yeah, he was doing an interview, he was at some charity event, I believe. And he had a couple tweets or a couple quotes. But uh, first off, he said that uh, he has granted permission to to the Jets to speak with Aaron Rodgers and that they think this will be resolved by the start of free agency. The start of free agency is March 15th. So that's just five days away, folks. But then he was asked if there was a scenario in which Rodgers would still play quarterback for the Packers next season. And this was the interesting quote from Mark Murphy, owner of the Packers. Yeah. I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we want them, yeah, we would. He's obviously a great player. All right. So So the Packers don't want Aaron Rodgers at all. And I mean, why would you want, like, for a guy to do all this, and and especially for multiple years in a row, like, eventually at a point, if you're a Packers You're done with the drums. Yeah, you're just like, okay, this this is enough. It was a good run, Aaron. Thanks for the MVP. You can go. But does this not, like, I tweeted this out. Did you not just give away all trade leverage? I don't see. It's tough because I I, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because I think other teams are still going to be interested. He's only spoken to one team. For now. For now. I don't know. But and also, five days left. I don't know if you gave up leverage as much as saying – Hey, like, he's he's probably not going to come back, but he could come back. Hey, like, they they didn't completely close the door, though it would be awkward 
if I he mean, did go back to he Green said Bay. if things don't work out the way we want them mm-hmm. that means we want to trade Aaron Rodgers where do you think Aaron Rodgers fits in the in the rankings of NFL quarterbacks well top five hard disagree go so, ahead we were talking. You had such terrible take about this in the prep lounge. I do not think so. I, I I'm just going to come out and say, you think Geno Smith is a better quarterback I think Geno today Smith. than Aaron Rodgers, which yes. is such a dumb take. This is such a bad take that you think Geno Smith is a better quarterback today than Aaron Rodgers. 100%. It's so bad. I, a so year bad. and a half ago, look, Aaron Rodgers is better. Won an MVP. Good for him. I think – that season was a last hurrah, and I don't think he is going to be – I don't think he's going to get back to that level. I think he's going to be in the, quote-unquote, Kirk range for the rest of his career. No, nah, man. Which is Stop. still good. Stop. I still think he's better than someone like Kirk Cousins or uh, like Derek Carr. Like He's better than those guys, but he's in the range of those guys. So to run through it, you think he's top five? You think yes. so? Mahomes is better Mahomes, than him. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and then Rodgers, then Rodgers over Herbert, yes. Lawrence, yes, Tua, yes, Jared Goff. Don't even put Tua in the conversation. I'm just throwing out names. You why'd you throw Goff? Geno Smith, yes. Dak Lamar. Prescott, Lamar. You think he's better than Dak? I don't know. He man. stays on the field. He stays on the field, but that's not a – so, like, a lot of bad players stay on the field. I'm not saying he's bad, but it's not necessarily a, a very good representation of how good a player is. I think he's still great. He's better than Watson. Yeah. Better I don't – I, I would say he's top ten. Better than Carr. I would say he's top ten. Better than Murray. I don't think he's top five. Though. Man, that's such a terrible take. I don't think he's top five. Geno Smith? G- like, I think... Are you a closet Seahawks fan? That's pro. No, I'm not Dan Riccio. That's... Well, now he's not a closet he's Seahawks fan anymore. He's not a closet. Um, but that's probably the last quarterback I put above him is Geno Smith. I, 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 don't, I don't have time for <laughs> Lost this. for words. I don't have time Jeff for Jeffro, give me some Geno Smith, baby. No. A lot of people are saying, well... A few people are on your side as well. We're also getting – while you were talking – while you were reading out the quote, I was doing research on how safe it is to eat five pounds worth of food. Um, it seems dangerous. Like, for most places, it's uh, – you know a lot of restaurants have the challenge? Yeah. Like, five pounds is a big challenge. It is. Like, a five-pound burger. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If you went to a uh, traditional Burnaby uh, pasta establishment, Anton's, would you be able to I- eat the whole plate in one sitting? Not usually. No, not ever. So you're going to struggle. I'm going to struggle. Well, that's part of it as well. Is It's uh... unsigned tech. Please stop talking. Rogers is top five. Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Burrow, Lamar. I disagree with the order, but thank Someone you. Someone was missing texter. there. Who was missing there? Allen Burrow, oh Hertz. Hertz is better yeah, than Rodgers. Hertz is top two. Have you ever? Have you guys never seen Geno's college tape? Stop. He's he's been that guy. He's him. He got paid for it. Geno better than Aaron Rodgers. I'll say going into next season that regardless of where Aaron Rodgers ends up, Geno's going to have a better year. 
Uh, text in 650-650. It is the people show. Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Schermatti. Uh, let's bring in Elon. Do you th- where where do you have Aaron Rodgers? Josh, what are you basing off Geno Smith is better than Aaron Rodgers? In what category of the game? Is it just your personal opinion? You like him more? You're a Seahawks guy? What are you basing it off of? I just think that last year, Rodgers wasn't as... Like, you look at his stats, you look at everything involved in his game, he just wasn't as good as prior years. And to me, that's not... I like I think this is the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. And while Geno Smith I don't think is amazing, I think he will be he's slightly better than Aaron Rodgers at this point in their careers. I completely disagree. I think Aaron Rodgers is the sixth best quarterback in the league. Potential uh you know with the Jets who do have the longest playoff drought in the NFL currently. I think if he goes there they're Did automatically you know that, a playoff Don? team. Yeah, do I know? Did you know that the Jets? Yes. Oh. Automatic playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. And Super Bowl contender. Okay. Sorry. Crawl before you walk, Don. Just got to make the playoffs. Sauce then... Gardner, rookie of the year. Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year. It was a good year. You know what? I'm, Brees I'm, Hall's back. I'm glad good things are happening to the Jets. I think Jets fans deserve it. We including it's, yourself. It's been a long time. But I just don't think uh, – I think Aaron Rodgers will make them better for sure. But I don't think he is – going to be put them Gino over Smith. the top yeah, we as people you. would Geno Smith is think. better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers all right uh rough I'll uh, yeah table saw James I think if you chug a two liter uh, of pop while dra- downing a five pound lasagna you should be fine yeah no it balances each other yeah. out. It, uh, it's like when the hot dog uh competition they dip it in water surely it's the same surely. thing surely sure <laughs> could you imagine Two liter no, and five pounds of I lasagna. Couldn't. That would suck. The carbonation would just yeah. make you feel so bad. You would have to do like like a seven up too. Just make it real bubbly. Spicy? Yeah. Why is it spicy? <laughs> uh, by we the should, way. We should put this back on the rail. Uh, well, I, I'm about to maybe take it off again. Um, actually, let's read some text before we get into the Oscar talk. Uh, Jeff in East Hill. Uh, boys as much... Like the the Russell Wilson or keep oh let me read this, um I'm letting you, <laughs> I gotta read it before I can read before you walk or keep Geno Smith who's gonna do better just depends if Rogers falls off a cliff if he does Geno might have some more longevity um uh, oh so it's much like the Russell Wilson situation is what they're trying to say this Geno Smith versus Aaron Rodgers comparison is has has did the Seahawks like move off of Russell Wilson before he hit his complete drop off and are we seeing the same in Aaron Rodgers I agree that's where that's where I think he's at um I did want to get into this though so the Oscars on Sunday every year the Oscars like the Gram, every award show that comes around I see all the nominees yeah for best movie or best album or whatever it is and I've seen maybe two or three of them yeah so this year the oscars just for best picture there's there's 10 movies there is and i want to go through and i want to ask how many you have seen elon can you get in on this too elon feel free to chime in so let's let's start we'll just go in order top gun maverick seen it fantastic seen it love it i saw it on a plane which felt fitting confirmed it's winning best picture okay everything everywhere all all at once I've heard good things, haven't seen it. 
Haven't seen it. I have seen it. Very good. So I'm I'm leading the pack right now. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. No, have nope. not even heard of this. Never movie. heard of it. All Quiet on the Western Front. It's on Netflix. I want to watch it. Haven't found time. It's on the list. Okay, so you have none of us have seen it. Elvis, also on the list. I've seen it. I thought it was maybe a little overrated. Austin Butler, phenomenal job. Have Apparently, seen- he had a hard time losing the accent. He still has it. Yeah. I was just about to say that. It, like, and people think he's faking it. I I kind of think he's faking it too. No, because every time it gets brought up, he gets more deep into the accent. Like an interviewer will ask him about it, and he then like you can compare it pre-question and post-question. It's like he remembers that he was faking it and has to like. I think that's a keep hot doing take. It. I don't know. Like, man, when like, you get method as an actor. I think it's like sick. I think it's sometimes it's really hard to drop a character. Yeah, he was doing the character for like two years. Yeah. You can't just yeah, drop that. You can't just drop that. I that's learned behavior. You have to unlearn it. Maybe. I don't know. I I think he's exaggerating it. I've least. heard it's I've heard it isn't that great. That's movie. what I've heard as yeah. well. Um my fa what's your favorite of those like biopic movies? The Elton John one. Me too. With um a- Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um Women Talking. Have not seen it. Well, I have seen women talking before. All right, that's terrible. not the movie. Elon, I would agree with you. The Elton John one. Wow, <laughs> he was not totally there. not listening. <laughs> have you seen women, women talking? talking? Have you seen it? I have not. Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Nope, haven't heard of it. I would like to see it. Is it? Have you? You have heard of it? Oh yeah, oh. yeah yeah yeah. All right, the Fablemans. Uh, apparently, it's quite good. Fableman is also apparently quite good. I would like to see it. That's like a, a Seth Rogen is in it, and a apparently, Steven Spielberg uh, movie. very well done hmm. by Seth. Uh, this um, one, Avatar: The Way of Water. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Reach apparently thinks it's trash. I've I've heard that it's a it's a slog. Well, it's an Avatar film. It goes on for three hours. Yeah, I've the I haven't seen it. I was going to see it, and then all the reviews came out, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go to the theater for this one, but it seemed like this, the first Avatar, where the movie, the the story is okay, maybe even bad, but the visuals are amazing. Yeah. And I don't know. For for me, as far as best picture goes, I don't think you can uh, say you're the best picture if your story is bad. Elon, Avatar. I haven't, I haven't seen it. All right. Have and- you seen the first one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, first one was okay. And uh, Tar, which apparently is a a mind uh, bender. I like a mind bender movie, but no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, me neither. So, uh, what what's our count there then? I think I I had one. You have three. I had two. Two. And you also had two. Two, Elon. I saw Elvis. So yeah, (laughs) the highest we're at is two of ten. Yeah. I think Reach would have more. Reach is a. A movie guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is. And he's at least uh, at least seen a few. I'm of shocked those. the whale didn't get more uh, best picture buzz. Well, but, Brendan uh, Fraser he's is up nominated. for best actor. Yeah, uh, Canadian Austin Butler nominated for Elvis. Colin Farrell for the the Banshees of Inisherin. Bill Nye. Yeah, living and Paul Mescal. Yes, he is living. <laughs> Currently, I hope. Um, no, the movie is called Living. Yes, the yes. movie is called. Uh, this one, Greg and North Band, Banshees, one of the three worst movies I have ever seen. Well, Greg, maybe you're just uh, I will not, say, not I, mature enough for that kind so, of film. So many of these movies are just film snob movies. 
That's what I hate about yeah. the Oscars. So anytime I watch the Oscars, Just I'm like... because you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's like, sorry, I want to be entertained while yeah. watching a movie. Yeah. It was the same... Uh, same people who say, oh, well, Marvel movies are crap. Yeah. Which, you know what? I have time for. I would say I'm a Marvel fan, but I don't fault anyone if they're not. Uh, it's the same... Hey, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. I hated it. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. And I think Reach is, is in the... It's a very divisive movie. I, I watched it, and I was like, nah, I, there's nothing happening here. I think if a film is longer than two hours and ten minutes, Reach automatically hates it. Yeah, which is fair. Movies like, don't need to be that long. Well, But he liked this one, I think. I think he liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You just don't get it, Josh. <laughs> yeah, You're you right. My bad. It. Honestly, I was watching it. I was like, I don't get this. You know what else you don't get? Clock management, because we're late. Well, we're, we're in the minute. It's fine. Thank you for listening to the People Show. Uh, thank you for your text, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Keep them coming. Thank Canucks, you, Elon. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to get there. Connect Central is coming up next. Dan Riccio, Bic Nazar. Thanks to my co-host, Dom. Thanks to Elon Behind the Glass. This has been The People Show with Josh Elliott Wolf and Dominic Schmatty on Sportsnet 650.